Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of Kane Collects. Uh, if you've been listening to the, the podcast, thank you very much. If this is your first podcast, I hope you enjoy it. Um, if you missed any of the other podcasts, you can always go back and check out all the other episodes. We talk cards, uh, comic books, toys, Funko Pops, shoes. If you can collect it, like I always say, I'll talk about it. Um, and if you, like I said, if you enjoy the podcast, please let a friend or a family member or somebody know about it. They can download it on Odyssey, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, wherever they get their podcasts. And uh, I'm just going to bring in my next guest for this episode. Uh, really uh, excited to talk about this. is the first episode where we're going to talk about this, which is collecting toys. I'm talking to the owner of Funky Town Toys. Toys, Chaz Morris. Chaz, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's it's a real pleasure. I can't wait. Uh, I got a lot of uh, good uh, insight into this. I've, I've been into this for, I mean, as a collector for 30 some odd years and as a seller for 20 some odd years. So uh, I'm excited to kind of like uh, get into it. Yeah, definitely. I know like people that seem to, that I've spoken to that collect not cards, but like toys and other and other kind of objects like that are really into it and then they're very passionate about it and i think collectors as a whole are passionate but i feel like maybe toy collectors might be a little bit more passionate but uh we'll see here and i'd hopefully you can educate uh our listeners on you know just the toys and collectible industry as it is but before i, I get into that chaz why don't you let people know uh, where funky town toys is and what your hours of operation and things like that so we are in Utica. So we are off. We are actually on Van Dyke and we are just north of Hall Road. So we're pretty we're seven days a week. We open at noon every day. And depending on the day of the week, we pretty much close between six and eight, depending on the day. But we're seven days a week. And uh, how long have you been there? This location, we've been just over two years. We've been in business. We're just getting ready to celebrate our eighth anniversary. Uh, we started off in Sterling Heights. Um, we were at our first location about five and a half years. Uh, we moved when our lease was up, and we've been here just over two. Um, we like we really love this spot because we're kind of in like a a little kind of grouping of collector shops, like along Van Dyke within a three mile stretch. I think there's maybe like eight different collector shops and they're all different. They're all, it, it's gaming it's Funko pops, it's books, it's comic books, it's cards, but there's like eight of us in this three mile stretch. So 
it's really a destination. If anybody's not aware of, of the cluster, that collector cluster that's right there, look into it because there's a bunch of us that are right by each other. Yeah, I mean, you're actually, actually absolutely right. I was surprised. And so when people, when you're driving around, sometimes you got to look and slow down because maybe they're hidden, they're mom and pop shops you never heard about, things like that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There are de- there are more shops than I realized driving up and down Van Dyke. Um, are you on social media? Do you have Facebook? Do you have a website? Can you let people know about so the shop has a Facebook page under Funky Town Toys, and we're also on Twitter under Funky Town Toys. So on Twitter, I'll often take pictures of incoming product and list it, what's new. And Facebook is kind of, we'll announce, uh, you know, events that we're having and, and communicate with everybody. And so, yeah, we are, those are the two uh, social media platforms that the shop is on. All right. So... So, like, I guess I think a lot of people that collect toys or, or think about collecting toys or buy toys, what makes is is this what makes toys or certain toys collectible or valuable? Is it as simple as desirability, rare rarity, things like that, or is it something more or less to it? I think a lot of it's a lot of it would be rarity, like the way the way they're made and they come by the case, and some of them are just made in smaller numbers. It's just your basic supply and demand certain characters just sell through i mean deadpool spider-man boba fett cm punk like there's certain ones that are so popular that supply never seems to catch up with demand and over time it just those ones invariably shoot up in value a lot of it's just rarity it's the coolness factor of what the toy is with the rarity how how hard it was to find uh, there's certain toys that are just really difficult to find in the wild because they're just so popular and some of them are just made in some small numbers. Uh, for whatever reason, certain assortments just show up in small numbers. I, I really don't know why that is. I just know it is. Um, so it's a rarity thing. It's uh, Some of this stuff shoots up uh, overnight, seemingly. Um, just as an example... Uh, Marvel Legends has these new Spider-Man figures that are based off of No Way Home. Um, They didn't come out with figures when the movie came out, uh, but they're coming out with figures now. And they retail for like $25, but they're really popular. They're really hard to find. If you try to buy one online now, they're already $40, $45. And they just came out like a week or two ago. But it's based off of kind of like the time of year it is and People want it for Christmas and it's hard to find. So that's an example of something brand new that's already shooting up. And you can just tell when those things are going to be gone, they're going to be expensive. They just, just based on popularity of the character. So there's a lot of factors, but a lot of it is just kind of like who the character is and coolness factor and rarity and how hard was it to find. And a lot of this stuff ends up at clearance. Uh, but some of it you just simply can't find in the in the wild either. So it, there's this real variance of availability and how easy these things are to find. You find that like popularity has a lot to do with it, or is there some toys that were that there weren't mainstream? They weren't popular. It wasn't Star Wars or something that everyone knew or Marvel? Do you are there toys that are like, hey, this was kind of like a one off, one and done, and then to, because it was a one and done, like, hey, that became really valuable, or is it like, hey? No one wanted it then. They don't want it now. Well, the the really popular lines are going to be like your Star Wars, your superhero stuff, your wrestling. Like those those are made in big numbers because they know they're going to be popular. 
I guess they're considered evergreen properties. They never really go away. And then you got oddball stuff that you're right. It kind of it kind of comes and it kind of hits and then it's sort of gone. And then there's a demand for it. Like a family guy toys would be a good example. They don't our Futurama toys would be a good example. They're very popular and they're very expensive uh, because they're kind of like a niche market. And uh, when they came out, they weren't made in big numbers. So now, I don't know, if you want like a Bender action figure from Futurama, you're paying north of $100 just wow. based off rarity and popularity. And so, it, yeah, it's you're right. There's It, it just depends like... Uh, if it's something they only they were one and done, like they did a toy line for a movie and then that's it. You know what I mean? So then those are there's a good chance those are going to shoot up over time. So oh, yeah. in like cards and music, like you can find certain print runs like, hey, I, I know they made like or you can calculate or estimate like and sometimes I'll just straight up tell you we, we made a thousand of these. We made a hundred of these, whatever. In the toy market, is that similar? Is that do they put out a number or do you have to figure it out or is there something they tell you guys or the distributors or dealers? They never release numbers, but you can tell case assortments. You can tell when a case comes out, certain figures are two to a case and certain figures are one to a case. So you can tell the one per cases are typically more valuable. They're harder to find. That That's normal, but they never release actual numbers of actual production. Um, generally, toy manufacturers will try not to underproduce. It's um, it's actually hurt them in the past. Um, action figure uh, collectors are often like um, completists. They want the whole line. So they, they actually do make an effort for it not to be too difficult on collectors. Uh, there's been instances in the past where they make something too rare and it just upsets the fan base. So I think they do try to avoid from making it too rare, honestly. But they're of course, they do store exclusives. So they're still rare, but they're not going to do... One time in the 90s, there was a toy company that did something where they only made like a thousand or something of a main line. And it there was so much backlash, a lot of collectors quit. So that was just kind of like an extreme example of the manufacturer made it too rare and it actually hurt like the whole line. So um, I think they do try to avoid that. Um, does it, does it matter if a toy is still in its original packaging or out of it? Like I've seen a lot of toy stores where obviously kids are going to play with toys. When you bought them originally, you didn't think like they're going to be worth anything. And you're like, good luck telling a little kid not to play with a toy, right? I'm going to open it. I'm going to play with it. So does that devalue it or does it not devalue it because they're meant to be played with? Uh, what's the, would, what's that? I would say to be enjoyed, you should open it. I, I, if it's kept in good shape, I think that's all anybody really cares about ultimately is that it's in good shape. So if you open it and keep it in good shape, it's probably going to maintain, I don't know, 75, 80% of its value than if it was just in its package. But uh, to really be enjoyed, just me personally, I, I think open it up and display it and, you know, pose it or, and, you know, put it somewhere as decoration or as a collector, as a kid, obviously you play with it. Um, but if, if it's kept in good shape, that's all anybody cares about. And if you decide to sell it down the road, if it's in good shape, it's, it's still going to be fine. It's so, yeah, I, I would say open it. Okay. Um, but I mean, but there is probably a premium as if it's in the original package still. There is, there is, it's worth more. It's okay. worth more. But if you're, if you're, if you're buying strictly for resale, then you keep it in this package, but to actually enjoy the figure as a collector, you open that baby. I mean, that's just, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, uh, 
so condition matters though, just like any other collectible, right? I mean, it just, it's condition is everything. Yeah. So when vintage toys come in, Star Wars toys is a great example. Uh, when I was a kid, I was a kid of the 70s. So I remember everybody had Star Wars toys. Uh, when they come in here, um, often they're just beat up. Like that's, that's how it was. Uh, the, the figures themselves aren't very rare anymore, but finding them in good condition is rare. So, and that the pricing is everything on that. A beat up one might be five bucks. If it's in great shape, it might be 50, 75 bucks. So condition plays a giant role. Um, the accessories, are the accessories there or not? That plays a big role. Um, often the accessories are worth more than the figure because they're more rare because kids lost them. So it all plays a factor, but condition is everything. Oh, yeah. What about like, so you know how they like, they bring back toys, right? What well, I mean, I don't know, like a Slinky or, or a Rubik's Cube or whatever. Like yeah. the originals, though, are those like, how do you tell an original? I mean, I guess, is it printed on the toy already? There's I always mean, a date. Okay. There's always a date on there. And sometimes that's the only way I could tell. Really? Least, there, there's always a date. So sometimes something will come in. I, I can't tell if it's from... 1984 or you know 2020 and i have to find a date because <laughs> sometimes they do exact replicas and unless unless you put them side by side you can't tell so yeah but that that's pretty normal where they'll re-release a vintage toy and it looks just like the original uh down to the package uh it's this whole nostalgia thing they're all doing it all of them are doing it you can find star wars toys where the packages look just like they did in the 70s gi joe same thing uh Mutant Turtle, same thing. Power Rangers, same thing. The 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 packages look just like the originals. Ghostbusters, um, the figures look just like the originals, down to the box, and and uh, it's like just these re-releases they do, which is great for it, it's great for collectors who don't want to spend uh, so much money buying the originals, and you can't really find them in good shape like that anyway. So it's a good uh, alternative for collectors, a good affordable alternative. But they're all doing it. You see it all over the place, yeah. Would you say action figures and things like that are the most popular? Uh, what does your store carry, and what do you what do you generally sell like the most of, or what are people asking for the most of? So we're um, so the so the full name of the business is Funky Town Toys. We we, we are a toy show, but underneath we're comics and collectibles. So. We're probably, I would say, 70, 75% action figures in here um, are just toys in general. Because we, we do have a section for uh, your general kind of Lego uh, uh, doll section for girls. There, we do have some of that stuff, but we're predominantly action figures. Uh, we do also carry comic books, uh, Pokemon cards, um, Funko Pops. Those are kind of the big four. We have some statues and stuff like that. But those are kind of the big four that we carry, but we're predominantly action figures. Uh, one of the reasons is they're just so hard to find at retail. Uh, big box retail, just, I don't want to say they're bad at it, but the selection is really tough there. Um, if you're a parent and your child asks for a certain wrestler, God bless you if you can find that at retail. There's like, how many different wrestlers are there? A few hundred? And how many are at the store at any given time? Like five or six? Like it's just it's really hard on parents selection wise at those big box stores so that's kind of like one of the thing we focus on is we have these big sections for these each individual intellectual properties and and we just got i mean our wrestling section has i don't know 
300 figures over there probably man like when i was a kid growing up it was wwf before it became wwe and i i remember as a kid all i wanted was every wrestling figure when you went to like you know back then like kb toys or toys r us or wherever a toy store you got to go into whether it's a you know kmart back then like i said i saw them and i'm like i want all of them and you're right there were so yeah. many of them you get the ring and you want the, the royal rumble with every single wrestler there was and so you yeah. you're saying they're just it's just non-stop with i mean they made one for everybody right and, and even move yeah of course yeah and and uh even like movies like if a movie comes out a lot of times they'll come out with a toy line to support a movie but then it kind of hits stores and then it's gone forever in like two or three months so like the turnover at retail is just so quick a lot of the stuff it hits and then it's gone so i mean i think that's why there's a place for a, a store like us where uh we ha we have this older stuff that some of it is maybe like from six months ago but it's gone from retail you're not going to find it at retail at this point so uh but even like uh yeah wrestling's a perfect example because you got the new guys then you got hulk hogan and roddy piper and all the old guys that mattel does a very good job of working in the old kind of hall of fame guys so to have that good mix but yeah it's it's kind of one of those um the wrestling section it kind of ebbs and flows like it'll get hot it'll get cold it's kind of like but it never quite goes away right that shows on every week so I, I can see where it kind of cools off. Like maybe the fans aren't into it for a spell and then like they'll get into it and I'll see them coming more often. And I'll see more kids come in. Like I could like my sections kind of like get hot and cold depending on what kind of media is coming out at the time. Like my Star Wars section kind of ebbs and flows depending on what shows are coming out. And the same with my Marvel section, kind of depending on what movies are coming out. Like uh, they get hot and they get cold they kind of like ebb and flow <laughs> it's always in motion <laughs> yeah um so is there anything that's like they just it's like gi joe still worth anything or the i mean you know or, or is that because you mentioned star wars and then the superhero stuff has just been crazy hot the last you know yeah. decade or so yeah gi joe is interesting because the vintage gi joe is so popular uh i think that line was around from like 1982 to maybe like 1994 so the original vintage stuff was in toy stores for quite some time and then it got really popular in the early 2000s and it was around for a while and then now it disappeared from stores for like eight years uh and then it came back last year and it was only like a walmart exclusive and they were really hard to find so most people couldn't find them but now they do these new ones that are taller they're about six inches or so they're called gi joe classified they're very detailed uh they retail for about 25 bucks each and people love them so uh that one i'm not really sure what kind of media gi joe has supporting at this point i think they did a movie about a year ago but um that section is very solid uh it's it, it it's um it's one of the better performers for sure and and i find it interesting because like I said, it, it was gone from retail for, I want to say, like eight years. So maybe, yeah, that's maybe why I was that's asking about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, is Hasbro released the new GI Joes at the same time they did these Ghostbuster ones. And what I noticed was retailers couldn't keep the GI Joe in stock. Like you literally could not find those things forever. You couldn't order them online. You couldn't find them in stores. They were just like so popular. You just couldn't get them. And then the Ghostbuster ones, we're just kind of sitting there and i think it just kind of showed and I, nothing against ghostbusters they're great they look fantastic but 
I think from an audience standpoint, there's way more G.I. Joe toy collectors than there are Ghostbuster toy collectors. I think there's a lot of G.I. Joe toy collectors out there. I, th I think that's why you really saw how popular this classified line is. And they're coming out with the new assortment like all the time, seemingly. So that one's been a big hit. The figures are great. If you ever look at them and look at the detail, they're called G.I. Joe Classified. They're fantastic. So you mentioned movies and things like that and, and kind of being in the news and media kind of gets people, you know, excited about a product or whatever. One, I don't even know if you know anything about this. I'm just springing this up on you right now is a okay. movie that was insanely popular, Barbie. Okay. Like, so did yeah. do you know anything about Barbie and, and the collectability of them and how much, how valuable they can be or are? I mean, what, what was that, Mark? Did that movie help that at all or no, or just not? Um, I... When people bring in Barbies, when when we when we like appraise them and stuff, the, generally the, the ones we get in are from the '90s, and they seemingly don't go up much in value. The ones from the '90s, so I think it's one of those things. They make so many of them, and they're so easy to find at retail. I can tell you, I never see them like it shows when we go when we do collector shows. And we do comic cons and things like that where there's like a big secondary market where people are reselling things i don't see barbies i, I just uh the only thing i can think of is that they're pretty easy to find at retail um the movie barbies i, I remember kind of seeing them in the store and i remember hearing they were kind of hot but i actually don't i don't know how hard they were to find or how much value went up because it's one of those things when you go to the store there's a whole aisle of them so i, I I don't see prices on those things like getting crazy, just from what I've noticed. Unless it's like what some I don't know when exactly Barbie came out, but unless it was like original Barbies from what the seventies or eighties, I'm not sure when it released. They came out in the late fifties. Fifties, okay. And and if it's like the first Barbie, like the first one, uh, even if she's opened, I want to say she's like two or three grand, something like that. So yeah, those original ones are. Are, are quite well do quite well <laughs> so you mentioned earlier too uh legos i didn't realize until recently i mean by recently i mean like three years ago or so how insanely pricey legos can be and and people go after them like at garage sales if they see someone selling legos like i'll take the whole bin or whatever like tell yeah. me about the lego market and educate our listeners like what's going on with that and did have they ever slowed down like i feel like <laughs> lego's been so around they forever Legos are funny because the, the, uh, their price points are expensive. Um, however, um, this is what I tell uh, customers is that they are pricey, but if, if you take care of them, you can't break them. So if you take care of them, they last generations. Um, if you lose the instruction manual, their website, you can print any instruction manual from any set they've ever released. So as long as you don't use the parts, they last forever that i mean i think that's the draw to legos um the, the minifigs are quite popular the little minifigures that come with the sets those are really popular so like those really they legos really shoot up in value um when they retire sets they go up a certain percentage almost right away um from a, from a strictly investment standpoint, sealed Lego sets are a pretty solid investment, like safe, safe honestly. Yeah. It really is, because um, they all get retired, and they all go up, and they all seemingly go one direction. Um, 
the Disney ones are like a guarantee. Like you can't <laughs> lose like on those. So kids love them. I mean, adults love them. <laughs> they're, yeah. So they're, they're, they're one of the top three. I mean, they're right in there with Hasbro and Mattel and they just do the build Lego brand. It's, it's, they're super popular. Are they pricey? Yes, but there's a reason. It's not like they're pricey for no reason. It's, it's for what you're getting and the fact that you can't break it, take care of it. And you'll be handing it to your kids and they'll be handing it to your grandkids. Like, that's like that's the appeal. <laughs> they're in, they're indestructible. They're I mean yeah. So that's that's the thing with those. I mean we'll really only take them in if they're in package or if they're built because sometimes people will just bring a big box of a bunch of different sets. Yeah, that's tough, man, to find somebody that's going to take the time to figure out what's what mm -hmm. with the box of Legos. That that's a whole thing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> We avoid That's, that, but yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? So you're like, hey, listen, I'll weigh this maybe. <laughs> I'll buy you some yeah. price, but I'm not going through and figuring out. No, no. But but anyway, you can see the, the minifigures, and some of those minifigures. Yeah, I was going to ask you on that. Get, they get wild on some of those prices. What, which yeah. ones are, do you know offhand, like which set or which minifigures are worth like so a lot of money? There's so many. I mean, I mean the the classic one is the first Star Wars set, which was a Lego store exclusive. It was like Cloud City or something, and it had like a Lando and a Boba Fett. And the Boba Fett figure is unique, and he goes for I, I'm not even sure. I, I know over a thousand dollars for wow. just the figure, for just the figure, just the figure, um, not I, the set, just the figure, just the figure, just the one figure, just the <laughs> Boba Fett. Yeah, Lando's a few hundred dollars, like. I do know we got in a Black Pearl playset from Pirates of the Caribbean maybe like a year ago, and it was the villain, uh, uh, Davy Jones. He was like a $100 figure, just a figure. So it's kind of like certain figures that they only release with these sets, like these giant sets, and that was the only way to get the figure. And then if it's just kind of like a popular figure from a certain property, like there's good potential there it's going to shoot up. So yeah, yeah. Right. Legos Legos are strong. I mean, yeah. What about um Hot Wheels? I've been seeing that around lately. And maybe it's just, you know, what pops up on my feed, but I know nothing about like the Hot Wheels or the little car, it, uh, you know. They've been around. They've just been around forever and and they're so, you know, they're only like a buck to get. So uh they're just one of those things that are fun for people to collect. They're fun to hunt for. Um, they, they do a good job of having like a special edition, like chase piece in the case. And so I know the people that are into hot wheels are like really into hot wheels and really into going to stores and hunting for, is it almost like with that? Different. Like it's the chase it's the, to complete. it's the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And then finding, you know, they'll find a chase piece that they only paid a buck on that. But you found it much yeah. more than that and i guess yeah it's just the high of finding that rare piece and only paying a dollar <laughs> <laughs> i just know the hot wheel collectors are super into it i mean we have a small section of hot wheels in the store that we keep just to have because ki kids do love them but uh we don't do a ton of die cast and again it's something i don't see a lot of at stores i, I mean it shows i mean like when i go to comic cons and i don't I, it's not something that I see represented a lot at comic cons in like the secondary market, at least not the ones I go to not around here. 
what seems to be you've you've so have you been to the Motor City Comic Con? Have you set up there? And what's uh, what uh, what do you see a bunch of usually when you go for anyone that hasn't been to it? Yeah, I, I would recommend it for anybody who's never gone. Uh, we uh, we we help. Well, I mean, we put out flyers for it when it's coming around here, and I will talk to customers about it and kind of let them know if they're into this stuff and they've never been, they should go check it out. It, it is a lot of fun. Uh, we did our first one as vendors, and I went there. I think the first one I went as a shopper was maybe like 1997. I think was the first one I ever went to, just there checking it out as a shopper. And then I believe we set up at our first one, it probably would have been 2001, I want to say. And we've actually set up at that one every single time they've had it uh, since 2001. Uh, the only time they didn't have it was during COVID. They were shut down for, I want to say, two years. They didn't have any. Uh, but every time they've had one, we've been there set up. Yeah, Funky Town's been there representing so um, <laughs> there's a lot to see. I mean, the cop, the people in costumes, it's kind of like the selection. You're not going to find that kind of selection anywhere in this state. I mean, there's probably I couldn't guess how many vendor booths there are. It's hundreds. And there's just you're going to you're going to find stuff that you didn't even know was around. And there's celebrities there. And like I said, people are dressed up in costumes. It's turned into like pop culture too, right? It's not just about like, you know, comic heroes or yeah. Marvel and stuff, things like that. It's like pop culture. It's changed. Uh, when I, I was, when we first started doing it, I would say every booth was either comic books or toys. They were one or the other. Then you started seeing like the Pokemon booths. And then uh, I would, and then over time, it was kind of like, you would see a lot of like arts and crafts. Um, then cosplay became a thing, and and anime, and so it's different now. There's definitely, well, comic books started the whole thing. There's definitely like way less comic book booths. Like that's noticeable compared to twenty years ago. I mean, you you can you can just tell. And even the other thing that I find funny is back then. Um, there were so many booths that had Star Wars toys in the 90s. Um, now, I would say less than 10 booths in the whole place even have any Star Wars toys. It's just the, the way it's all just kind of changed over time. Uh, definitely different. I, I, I would say like when those Marvel movies got really popular, so that would have been maybe, what do you think, like 13 years ago, 2010 mm -hmm. maybe? Mm -hmm. When those got really big, uh, the general public... Um, found out who these characters were that they weren't really familiar with before maybe like iron man and captain america they, um so that's when i really saw the attendance really balloon at comic-con so there was maybe like from 2010 to 2012 um i would estimate the attendance almost doubled i, I mean and that, that that's what what i think what, what, what i would estimate i mean and but who was coming was kind of like the general public was coming so they weren't necessarily there to buy comic books or action figures. Um, they were just there to kind of look at the pop culture aspect and see the celebrities. And and we find that our Funko Pops do really well at Comic-Con because Funko Pops do really well with the general public. Like anybody will buy a Funko Pop. Uh, somebody who doesn't collect comics or action figures, they'll buy a Funko Pop. So definitely, <laughs> yeah, at <laughs> yeah, yeah. So definitely, it's the general public that that's there now. That's why those crowds are so big. And I don't think the general public was necessarily there in numbers before 
like 2010, like before those Marvel movies. So like you mentioned pop culture and, you know, movies and obviously TV shows are part of pop culture and sitcom. I mean, how do those kind of toys sell? Like if I had a, I don't know, uh, I don't even know if Friends had like action figures of Monica, Rachel and Ross or whoever, but like, or like um, The Walking Dead, like those characters, like how do those type of toys do that, you know, that are TV shows, like action figures or whatever? They can. Walking Dead was really popular for a while. Those toys were like extremely popular for the first handful of years yeah they really cooled off um as the show cooled off i'm sure like you know people yeah it 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 finally yeah it took a while it was popular for a long time um even the comic books i mean the the money that people were getting for those walking dead comics and those walking dead action figures there for for a few years was like mind-boggling but yeah it finally cooled off um the general pop culture stuff, you're going to see a lot of that in Lego and like Friends. They make Friends Lego sets. Um, and then Funko Pops. Funko Pops makes everything pretty much. Um, I saw like somebody said like once, you know, Matthew Perry passed away, like his Funko Pops had gone up. Like, y- yeah, that's like Chandler. Bing. Y- not, not maybe like astronomically or anything like that, but they shot up a little no. You see that, like when a wrestler passes away, their figures will go up. Um, there's there's a wrestler that passed away within the last few months, um, and all his action figures shot up as soon as he passed away. So that that's kind of like a normal thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, because we have like a specialty section that's got a lot of like horror figures, like Freddy and Jason and Chucky and all that stuff, and and that section stays pretty busy as well. I think it's because it's kind of a newer thing. They used to not have action figures for that kind of stuff. It's only been the last, since NECA has been doing them a lot in the last few years. So it's kind of like a new thing. They used to not make toys of, of rated R movies. So it's kind of, it's kind of niche, but it's, it's kind of like a new thing. So people are uh, responding to those pretty well. TV, TV shows. I, I don't see a ton. Um, there might be a small assortment here or there if it's popular. Game of Thrones had. I was just going to say Game of Thrones. Yeah, they had action figures and they were really popular when the show was at its height. Um, I have a small section of them, and you know, they're, they kind of they're not the biggest movers now, but um, they're still cool. If you're a fan of the show and you go look at them, they're sweet. Um, so it just kind of depends. They, they always do funny action figures like they made action figures for the austin powers movies those are fantastic uh they make action figures for i'm going to show you something they make action figures for napoleon dynamite i think that movie is so funny i love that movie actually i mean some people hated it but i thought it was hilarious so here's a little two-pack of napoleon (laughs) so i mean they make action figures of just different properties what about but, uh, like uh one of my favorite tv shows i'm not sure if they're worth anything like breaking bad did they do anything for like walter white and they did they did they did a couple lines uh they did like a collector line where they were maybe like six inches tall and they were like detailed and then they, they did these little retro ones that were like maybe four inches and they they looked retro like they looked like they would have looked if they came out in the 80s they were called reaction um was the brand name uh but they did they did this. They had um, I forget the villain's name. And he remember he had like his face sort got melted. They had an action figure of that scene. Do you remember that? Now you're making me. Wild. <laughs> I love that show too, and I'm I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, they had an action figure of his uh his death scene. 
so yeah. Uh, what about okay? Forget all right. What about forget the characters and the action figures? What about toy toys? Like you know, what I'm looking for Chaz, and if you ever get one, you need to call me first. And let me know. I'm looking for like an original, like the first Super Soaker. Like, what about toys like that? Like actual toys that you you played with? Like, what's the market for those type of toys? Sometimes people will bring in uh, like or, like original Furbies. I've had the original Tickle Me Elmo. I've had some of the original, like the first series of like the Toy Story guys. So some people save them. It just depends what it is. I, I don't. They they tend to not. The, when I when I when I appraise price wise, they seem to not exactly shoot up like you would think that they would. But I can still get one for a good price. I think that you can probably still get and not, yeah, not get not not get too bad. Yeah, I think I think you'd be all right. So thrifting has been like a huge thing. Uh, do you find that hey, I could get one, or is it like hey, these people are going in there already and they're like, you're good luck finding anything that's worth anything at this point. Um, I hear from people that do it. Me personally, it, it, to me, it doesn't seem like the success rate would be worth the many trips it would take to find something good is my experience. However, I've talked to people that are willing to make the trips and they end up finding good stuff. So it just, if you've got the time and you're willing to strike out, well, I don't know, nine out of 10 times or whatever, <laughs> And by all means, I mean, you will eventually find something. It just, do you want to take the time to make that many trips and not find anything? So I don't know. There's a lot of store. Um, there's a lot of stores that are sort of clearance themed now. So you can, you can find clearance stuff. And I think your success rate is going to be a little better than going to like a thrift store where it was just stuff that was donated. Um, there's, all these bargain outlet there's i don't know there's different places i don't know gabe's tj maxx all that stuff like yeah that stuff's all um burlington coat factory has a toy section it's all on clearance like there's clearance stuff out there like if, if you're just looking for bargains and getting stuff at half off or 70 percent off or whatever those are, those are great margins if you're looking to resell um and then they have those new stores where they buy by the pallet they'll buy like a pallet of whatever from, I don't know, closed out from Amazon or whatever. Um, I've never been to one of those stores, but yeah, they're, they're just putting this product out that went through closeout or it's returns or whatever. And it's, it's kind of like thrift. Like you said, you don't know what's going to be in there, but it's going to be super cheap, whatever it is. And I know people find everything they find electronics, they find toys, they find a bunch of different stuff. Uh, so so as far as finding, finding like what is valuable and what's not for somebody, I mean, is it just go to a toy store and get it appraised by someone like you, Chaz, or like go to eBay and see, hey, what are these selling for? Like what's a what's a good yeah. place to find, you know, a gauged value? Yeah, so it's actually pretty easy. Like we'll appraise for free if stuff brings stuff in. We'll tell you what we think it's worth. Um, because We do that because if it's something I can use, I could make an offer on it. But, um, generally what I'll do is if I can't use, I'll try to point people in the right direction um, of where they can take it. But really it's not that hard to appraise by yourself. I, I just use eBay is what I do. And um, I do it to where I just have to scan the UPC on the box and uh, it'll bring it up to me really quick. And I can see really quick, like what people are asking and what people are paying. Um, you have to do it on the 
app though you can't do it on the website if you do it on the app there's like a little icon of a camera you just take a picture of the upc it takes like a second you're not going to type nothing in and it'll bring up information and you can get an idea you know you kind of have to figure out what condition yours is in and kind of find one in similar condition and it'll give you a pretty good idea of what the value is that's it's pretty easy nowadays but you know um i would encourage somebody if they got questions call the shop i'm here i'm here all the time i would i would answer questions and we do free appraisals are there companies that um authenticate or grade like toys that are maybe they're still in boxes or anything like that or is because there's that, that there's an industry for that in, in sports cards and trading cards uh you can do it with toys as well it's pretty expensive because they um they have to custom make the box you know because toys the package sizes are all different so they have to custom make like this display box for each figure so it's quite pricey but certain vintage toys that are in really good shape are probably worth it um it's basically a numbers game right is this worth it to i mean you're not gonna you don't want to pay more for grading than what it's actually worth right and it takes forever it oh, takes really? forever like i said because they have to custom make the case for it so it takes a long time um but i mean they will they will even do like a, an open figure um they'll grade like an open figure but if it comes back as a high grade it's worth it. Um, we don't really grade figures. Um, I mean, we don't send them for grading. Um, but I have a friend that does, but he deals in vintage stuff. So when he comes across a vintage toy in a really clean box, he can kind of he can kind of gather himself what the grade's going to be. And he he does he does deal in it, and it gets. I've seen some of his stuff, and he'll have these vintage toys that are all of a sudden into the thousands of dollars. So. There's something to it, but again, it's, it's kind of got to be vintage and in good shape. Um, and then you might be onto something, yeah. All right, one more before I let you go. You mentioned COVID earlier. Uh, COVID really affected the trading card and sports cards industry. And I think it affected like pretty much, I mean, obviously it affected everyday life, but the collectible industry itself, I think really got affected by it. Tell me what, you know, your, what it did to toys post-pandemic pre-pandemic how was everything during the pandemic did it affect the toy market how did how so yeah it um when COVID happened pretty much overnight collectibles in general seemed like they exploded in value and I, I mean i can just tell like just as an example stuff that you can get online for like let's just i don't know i'll just use an example a gi joe figure you can buy on ebay for like 30 once COVID happened and people couldn't go to work, we're talking within a handful of days there, that $30 figure, I'm telling you, was all of a sudden like 60. Like all the, all the numbers shot up. Um, the whole collector market just shot up. Uh, sports cards kind of came back when it, it kind of seemed they had been in a wall for quite some time. When COVID happened, they came like roaring back. Um, Pokemon was like the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, during COVID, when I would go to the store and I saw a line of like 30 people and I didn't know what was going on. And I'm like, oh, that's somebody's like, oh, that's like the Pokemon line. Like the card people are coming today. Like you really saw this, this explosion of values and people were just like investing in stuff. So everything was rising in value. Uh, comic book prices were going insane, uh, during COVID, uh, 
whatever double value more i mean triple, they, quadruple they, yeah they were go, they, it was all going crazy um and for us we had to close for three months um and we were doing online sales while we were closed and everything was selling like crazy so we were actually okay even though the storefront was closed and then when we were allowed to reopen like we just had massive foot traffic like it was just it was crazy um and i could see it too because i could see a lot of shops popping up during that time um, a lot of the newer shops popped up during COVID, you know, during the past, whatever, a couple of years ago or whatever. So you saw card shops popping up. I, I hadn't, that hadn't happened in like 20 years, right? If I'm wrong. Um, so I think it made, you know what COVID on. did, a pandemic did too. It made <laughs> like it collecting cool. Like, like it wasn't, you know, everyone was doing it all of a sudden. They're like, yeah, it's not like you didn't have to like pretend you didn't do it or hide from it. Whatever. It was like, yeah, I've, I've been, I you know. Huh? I think it makes people feel good. I think there's a kind of like, there's a feel good factor to it. it. It's a, it's a fun, it really is a fun hobby. You really are supporting things that you like. So I honestly think it, sometimes it is simple just to go buy yourself something little that you like and put it in your desk or whatever. It can't. So during that time when we were frankly getting bombarded with a lot of bad news, uh, I don't know, just to maybe keep our, uh, state of mind positive people were just doing something fun just to do something fun and uh and a lot of times you had when you were a kid is when you had fun whether it was collecting toys or cards or whatever it kind of brought you back because now you have yeah. that money that you because you have a real job you know and then yeah. you can buy things that you couldn't buy when you were a kid yeah that that is nostalgia right there yeah so now now the market to me my opinion it seems to be just kind of getting back to where it was before COVID, it kind of seems like things are going down, but they're just going back to normal from exploding during COVID is kind of what it seems like where we're at now. It's it hasn't gotten worse than before COVID. It's just it's not crazy like it was. I, I think most of us knew that wasn't that hype, that trend wasn't going to last forever, right? It, it just it seemed like right, you know, dance while the music's going, and then but at some point everything's going to kind of slow down and it did yeah and then it's the economy too the the economy plays a plays a factor here as well um in the 90s when collecting exploded i just remember the economy was great back then i remember that was one of the reasons why everybody was collecting back then people were buying beanie babies and the economy was good so uh that plays a part too i feel like us as a shop we're tethered to a the economy b the state of collecting and then just uh how popular the intellectual properties are at the time like what kind of movies are coming out like we're kind of tethered to those three things mm -hmm. uh so when it you know sometimes it's good and sometimes it's what it is <laughs> <laughs> well Chaz, man i really appreciate you coming on and, and talking to me about all this i'd love for you to check back in and for sure. know, update us on, on anything new coming out or even just old stuff that we didn't get to talk about because there's so much to talk about with the toy industry and, and collecting and, and you at your shop you have comics you have Funko pops you have all this other stuff so and for people that don't know or want to get out and see it in person could you let them know where you're at again and, and maybe a phone number or, or all your socials yeah, we are on Van Dyke. We're in Utica. So we're pretty much at Van Dyke and Hull Road. And uh, we're on Facebook. And we're also on Instagram. And we're at 45249 Van Dyke Avenue. That's in Utica. And I would love to do it again. Thank you, Chaz. Uh, 
thank you everyone for listening. Like I said before, when I started this, if you enjoy it, let someone know. Uh, you can download it and download past episodes. Also, I'm on YouTube, Kane Collects, K-H-A-N-G Collects. I'm on Twitter, same name, Kane Collects. I'm on Instagram, Kane Collects, same name, super easy, guys. Find me out, reach out to me. And also, you can email me at Collects at Gmail. I'm going to do a mailbag soon. If you want to let me know what kind of guests you want on, what topics to hit. And uh, as always, Keep collecting. If you collect what you love, you can't go wrong. and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.